0: seconds is a long time isn't it god
1: that almost killed me
0: <laughs> jesus
1: don't do that to me again
0: <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. all right are you good to go for this very serious very serious uh, and very podcast? important absolutely yeah
1: no mucking around i'm yeah. just going to take another swig of my wine <laughs> while you are uh, get your first question ready
0: i've been preparing all week for this i can uh, imagine you know i've got some hard hitting questions for you but first of all let's introduce you to uh the the glorious wits up world out there listening, Belinda Granger. Welcome.
1: Thank you. And I feel very honoured, mind you. The only reason I'm here is because she promised copious amounts of red wine and, and food from Brett. And Those of you that are in the know, Brett, amazing chef. Yeah. Not just an amazing person, but an amazing chef.
0: Average personality, great well, chef. Well, you know, you know yeah. <laughs> talks too much. Totally. Like my
1: husband, talks it's too much. But We'll deal with it. We'll deal
0: with it. Brett and Justin in the same room, no one stands a chance. <laughs> It's ridiculous, those two. Have you ever met two more patient men in your life? I don't think there is.
1: Well, this is true. No. Answer to that, no. I could lie, but no. No, no. They're unbelievable.
0: Yeah. We've done well.
1: We have done well.
0: Now, also tonight, um, Brett is going to be bringing us dinner throughout the
1: podcast. Um, Very excited. And, And aren't you excited that I haven't actually asked what we're having? No.
0: I mean, yes, I'm impressed that you haven't drilled me for it because um, you know me I like to know exactly everything but I know for a fact you're going to love this well meal. I can
1: smell I can smell some amazing smells coming out of the kitchen now even that the door's closed so yep. I know I'm in for a treat
0: excellent now last time you're actually here we took you out to my favorite restaurant Movita. I think that was last yes, year yes yeah it was
1: this time last yes, year Yes, because I was yep. pregnant yep challenge uh, Melbourne last year that's right you were pregnant so Brett and I did all the drinking yeah. <laughs> Brett was off his head yeah <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Actually, funny you should say that because he did talk a lot that night. Yes. We, we we told some good stories that night. Yeah. I still remember. Fabulous mm.
0: restaurant. It is a good one. So just keep that in mind when dinner comes out tonight. Oh. Whoa.
1: Well, since that night, I actually started following them on Instagram. Yeah. And I still salivate when all the pictures come up. So, And one of the main reasons I love coming back to Challenge Melbourne every year because it gives me a chance to come to this amazing city and – have the best coffee, best food, best company. Good, so love it, so love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, mm. I explained to you earlier that this podcast isn't necessarily all that much about triathlon, but obviously it might slip in now and again. It it may <laughs> it may or may not.
1: <laughs> I understand.
0: Uh, I just finished watching. Have you ever watched The The Office? Either yes. the UK or the US yeah, yeah, version. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's one of his running David Brent or um Michael Scott in the US version. His constant running joke is that's what she said, or that's what he said. And when you said it might slip in every now and then, all I wanted to say. Was, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> um, now I'm gonna cast your mind back. I'm trying to remember the first time that I met you. Um and I think Think it was back at Ironman Australia, the year that you're inducted into the Ironman Australia Hall of Fame.
1: To be honest, not one of my final weekends, (laughs) if I'm to be truly honest. And I'm sure a lot of people don't even realize, but I still think about that weekend. And my father, my mum and dad Mm -hmm. who came down for the event, uh, still brings it up all the time. Every night when he needs to get me down to, down to street level again because <laughs> if I'm on my high horse, he's like, remember that time, Belinda? Yeah. Um, amazing weekend. And Shane Smith had a lot to do with that weekend and, and getting me inducted into the Hall of Fame. And they put my parents came down. My sister came down with her boyfriend. We got put up in amazing accommodation at Port Macquarie. Uh, had a great night when I was inducted on the Friday night. And then the night before the race... So on the Saturday night, we had a few friends over for dinner in our great apartment and it was just supposed to be a very innocent barbecue because I was up the next day for – I was down there also to do some commentary on race day. So I knew I was in for a long day too. Anyway, so we had a few close friends. I think there there were probably about 15 of us over for a barbecue, started innocently as they all do. Mm -hmm. And I think at about midnight – Maybe one-ish. I know there was we, – we couldn't buy alcohol anymore. Um, <laughs> we finally finished and it wasn't pretty. And I'd made a promise to Christian Magnetta and his wife that I would meet them for a run at five in the me- five in the morning before I would start my commentary duties.
0: Normal standard behaviour, of course. Yeah, of course,
1: yep. for an athlete, which yep. I was no longer. Uh, anyway, at that night anyway, um, I went to bed at – I have no idea – very, very drunk and – the alarm went off at 4.30 the next morning and I said, I'm going to be there. So anyway, I turned up to this run, feeling like death warmed up, uh, made the run, everyone, everyone was laughing at me. I'd lost my voice. No, I kid you not, I'd lost my voice. It was ridiculous.
0: How's it even possible to no, integrate with
1: without voice? I hadn't even started commentating, for God's sake, and I'd lost my voice. So everyone's laughing, thinking it was bloody funny. I didn't yeah. think it was so bloody funny because I had to spend the day commentating with no voice. So anyway, I went home after the run hot lemon drinks, anything I could do, lozenges. I think I ate a whole packet of, of um, throat lozenges to yeah. get to go. Anyway, I got through the day. But still to this day, my dad reminds me and he's got a great, he goes, you went from the Hall of Fame to the Hall of Shame <laughs> in one night. <laughs> Just keeping it real. And it was only a, like a year or two after that, that weekend that, I met a few age group athletes that were staying in the same apartments because obviously Port Macquarie, it sells out. So there were a lot of athletes yeah. um, staying in our apartment block and they're like, oh, yeah, we remember you. Yeah, You kept us awake till midnight before we raced. I have <laughs> never felt – honestly, it was like a dagger to my heart because, you know, I, I remember
2: you yeah, know, yeah. being an
1: athlete, I would have been devastated. And oh, I gosh. I remember apologising to this person profusely for for months later can't believe that was me. It's not me. I don't normally do that. I mean, I'm normally really, really good with that sort of thing. And yeah, needless to say, I've never done that again. If I'm going to have a party on the night before a race, I make sure I'm in a house a million miles from any athlete.
0: <laughs> I would oh. like to put a call out uh, if there was anyone else in that <laughs> hotel that night uh, <laughs> yeah. and you remembered. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tell
1: us a line. I'm really sorry. <laughs> we'll it's not a, me.
0: We'll get a written apology from Belinda You will. Absolutely. Wow. So... Let's go back to before you became very messy that evening. Mm. When, because it was a whole, it was a surprise, wasn't
1: it? I got told to go, that we needed to be there and that they wanted, and they said, bring your family. Um, I didn't know what, because I didn't really know much about the Hall of Fame. And and hey, I was still young. Only old people get inducted into the Hall of Fame, not young people. So I I honestly had no idea. Um, I thought maybe they were giving me. No, actually, I knew they wanted me down there for the commentary and I thought maybe they were just going to do something nice for me on the Friday night. Right. I didn't know what, you know, because I'd done Iron Man Australia so many times. I think yeah. I'd done it eight to ten times. So more than most Australian women had done Iron Man Australia. So I thought maybe they're yeah. just giving me a little congratulatory, congratulatory, <laughs> um, cla- I can't even say it, yep. um, clap to yeah, well done. But I didn't actually know what. Oh, ooh, hang on a less. second. Uh, we
0: just... Oh, oh my God. Dinner has been set.
1: Just ex- Let's be honest. The main reason I'm here, podcast is... <laughs> podcast, you know, whatever, but this is the main reason.
0: Oh, my goodness. Hey, well, hang on a second, Chef Brady. Come and, come and tell the What is the this? Fans you've got to tell what me what we, it
1: is. Yeah.
2: Um, come over I, on I the think microphone.
1: I know. Oh,
2: You're going to edit
0: this out, can you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Why would we want to do that for?
1: Jeez. Um... Beef cheek with oh my God. cauliflower, potato puree, um,
0: glazed carrots, roasted beetroot. Made with love. Yeah.
1: All I can say is get in my belly. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, and the so smells. Good. The smells.
0: I think, I reckon we actually probably need to pause it so that you can... Enjoy.
1: Well, you yeah. know me. I am renowned for being able to talk underwater, so I'm sure I could get through this meal and still not miss a beat. Whether whether your listeners would want to hear me eating beef cheek yeah. and car eating uh chopping on carrots.
0: Yeah. I I really want you to enjoy it. He's gone to a special effort and I yes. reckon we might pause it. I reckon you're gonna hoover that in about five it or six minutes. It won't take me long, anyway. sweetheart.
1: I mean I'm not an athlete anymore, but I still eat like I'm one. <laughs>
0: Hang on, just quickly on that, I'm not an athlete anymore, but you're probably the—I don't want to say maybe the cussest I've ever seen you because you're an F45 freak, uh, and I mean that with love. But you, you, you're, you're addicted to F45.
1: Look, it's funny because I mean anyone that's a triathlete out there, I think all all triathletes, no matter whether you're an age group athlete, a pro athlete, whether you've been doing it for one day or five years. We're all addictive personalities. I think mm-hmm. it's a common trait that all triathletes have. The the degree, well, that differs <laughs> a little. And, and obviously I'm one of the uh, the upper end, the upper echelon yep. of addictive personalities. So when I retired, I just wanted to find something different because I'd been swim swimming, biking and running for 25 years. Yeah, I still love it and I still do it to a certain degree, but I wanted something else. So when I found F45 and Justin actually joined a lot before me, I remember when he told me he was joining, I said, that looks like st- stupidness, like silliness. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. That's bloody CrossFit rubbish. Yeah. And anyway, he loved it. He kept coming back and he, and, he, and he was getting fitter and fitter and looking amazing. And I'm like, oh, and he actually really enjoys it. And any of you people that know my husband, Justin, he doesn't like that much. <laughs> so for him to come home and actually say it was good, it yeah, really right. is good. He doesn't beat around the bush. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna suss this out and see what it's all about. Well, from day one I was addicted. And now I've be I go six, seven, sometimes eight times a week, double sessions Jeez. a day, and it's 45 minutes. So yeah. for people that are working full time, it's it's unreal. Yeah. And you get a super workout. For example, this morning I had to be at the airport at nine, went there first, did a 45 minute session, smashed myself, yeah. got on the plane, I'm content. So and it's something that I love. And it's yeah. and, and it's com- Competitive against yourself, not against others. So it's it's refreshing in that respect. And for someone like me that is ridiculously competitive, it's actually a good thing for me because um, I'm just competitive against myself now, not against everyone else in the class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do love it. And it means I can still eat like, a, like an athlete.
0: Brilliant. So I now, when you landed things. in Melbourne, did you do an F45 class? I Simp did Kilda? not
1: do one this afternoon, but I – would be lying if I said I wasn't booked in to do one tomorrow at St Kilda. <laughs> funny, funny that you should say that because I'm staying at the Quest Apartments, Bayside Quest Apartments, which are awesome, yeah. right here in St Kilda. And literally, I would say 60 metres around the corner in Fitzroy Street, there is a uh, St Kilda F45. It's meant to be. It is meant to be. So I'm booked in at 9.30 tomorrow for a Hollywood session. Okay. <laughs>
0: Oh man, let's put on some <laughs> elevator music or something uh, So that we can pause and so we can, can eat, eat our meal. dinner And <laughs> we'll be back in just a few seconds Happy?
1: Don't even understand, I can't even talk So it's good you stopped it <laughs> Sorry oh, Food porn, mate <laughs> Fuck me Not bad, not bad, mate No I think beef cheek would be my favourite Hold on. Hold on, hold on, let me get a piece of beef cheek, brother. There will be not a skerrick left, my friend. Mm,
0: beef cheek.
1: Happy? (laughs) Yeah. BG's always happy when she has wine and good food. Good
0: wine, good food, good times. It was delicious. Yeah. Um, Now... Neither one of us can remember where we were up to before we had a little
1: dinner break. I had a feeling that might happen. You know what? I'm not a young person anymore. Funny, funny, I should bring up a, a little story. So I was on a boat cruise last you know what's Sunday. what's
0: funny is that you have a story. Yeah, of
1: course. I have a story yeah. for everything. I went on a boat cruise last Sunday with all my F45ers, my new BFFs.
0: Oh, that's what we uh, were talking
1: about. F45, we went yes. to See, I knew this was going somewhere. And we were talking... Now I've forgotten what I was even talking about.
0: Funny story, you went on a boat cruise. <laughs> Do you not remember what you were going <laughs> to say? I can't even remember <laughs> what I was going to say. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, no. Is it about you getting messy?
1: No, I don't get messy. <laughs> that's true. I'm very good at all times. Is but it... I did go on a boat cruise last Sunday and it was actually a great boat cruise. All right. So, anyone that's at Noosa, you should go on the Catalina boat cruise on a Sunday afternoon. It's fantastic fun.
0: I feel like this podcast so far has just been unpaid advertising, advertising. for Catalina boat Cruise and Movida <laughs> and Chef Breddy. <laughs> Chef Breddy. you know, Chef Breddy I
1: will recommend. Yeah, excellent. Every time, <laughs> every time. You, you failed to mention that we have got through and gotten through a, a lovely drop of Penfolds, a whole bottle. In and, fact, which is quite normal for me these days. Yeah. A bottle a night.
0: Well, do you know what? I don't drink red wine so much these days. I don't know of why. No, I well, well, yes, I have a child. I think a
1: baby might have something to do no, with no. that but you know.
0: No, but once baby goes to bed, yeah. uh, but I just haven't felt red winey. Yeah. I've just been drinking. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> Mine's the opposite. But this one's been going down quite nicely. Yeah. and But for a pinot, it packs a bit oh, of a punch. It's beautiful. Yeah, it It's a good one. It's lovely. Yeah. Actually, for all the millennials out there, this one came with a cork. Oh. It wasn't a screw top. Yeah,
1: I, I dare say a few people have a hard time getting that cork out.
0: Well, it broke in three. <laughs> <laughs> of course it
1: did. <laughs> Hence why we don't use corks anymore.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I pride myself on my cork opening skills being uh, coming from – A mother who owned a pub for quite some time. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, But yes, it has been a while since I have
1: popped cork. Oh, Steph. (laughs) We're there already. God almighty, we just started back. (laughs) Um,
0: Speaking of being messy, uh, a few years ago, I know some people who got married. Now, best on ground at that wedding... Actually has to go to your husband. Husband, no, no.
1: I don't think I got it that night. No. I tried very hard, but I think I came up just short.
0: I And even I like to give it a bit of a crack. Okay, having a good drink and everything, but in terms of partying hard and doing stupid things, I have... You know, I usually finish up on top of the podium, but Jazzy.
1: No, Jazzy was on fire that night.
0: It was brilliant.
1: I still feel that he has a shoulder injury to this day. (laughs) I think he's going to carry that shoulder shoulder, uh, injury for the rest of his life.
0: Now, can you remember exactly how it happened? Oh, I remember how it happened. Can you please tell the people because it's one of my favourites.
1: So we were all dancing on the dance floor. Yeah. Oh, it was my wedding. It was Steph's wedding, of course. By the way. Yeah, Amazing wedding. So
0: after we've had a crack at the piñata in which, oh, which was, Jazzy it's, it's tried so imba- to hit the piñata. I laugh
1: about that, but I was actually very it, embarrassed. Belinda
0: was having a massive crack at him because he was blindfolded. Uh, trying to hit this piñata and he kept hitting the pole of the marquee and Belinda was giving him so much shit. I think I actually idiot. called him an idiot. You totally Several did. hundred times. And then it was her turn. And we have photo evidence yeah. and video evidence and she did the exact same thing. Anyway, so it was after all of this, then we're dancing.
1: Dancing, that's right. Continue, And then you in your wedding dress looking absolutely spectacular. And Stop those it. of you that know Steph, seeing Steph in a dress... Happens probably three times a year, let's be honest. If that. And to see her in this dress, she looked lovely. Thank you.
0: Were you surprised that I was actually wearing a wedding dress?
1: Well, no. I I knew you would for your wedding. And I was surprised. But but then, of course, the the wedding with the sand shoes. Well,
0: that was for the dance. Dance, I I know. You did start with
1: proper shoes. I understand. But then I knew that they'd come off fairly quickly. Totally. As they did. (laughs) And then to see, to turn around, I think I was talking, having a conversation with something, to turn around and see... First of all, that you'd sprayed beer all over the floor and then to, then <laughs> proceeded to do a, a massive big knee slide in yep. your wedding dress yes, across the floor. And I thought, oh, well, that's pretty cool. That, that She actually pulled that off pretty well.
0: Yep. My knee Dress was
1: ruined. Were, knees were ruined.
0: Knees were. Shoes were stuffed. Everything was stuffed. No, to the that's point all right. That the dry cleaners laughed at us when and we said, took not the a chance, in it. Not a chance. Not a chance.
1: However, looked good for everyone that was watching. Totally. And. That's the most important Absolutely. thing.
0: Absolutely, And we got it on uh, camera as well. And
1: I don't know what went through Justin's mind. Possibly <laughs> not a lot. And he thought, I can, I can one-up that. I can do better yep. than that. And then he grabbed a chair and it was just a, plas- it was a yeah, plastic chair. Yeah, plastic chair. And decided to do the slide on the dance floor, on, uh, along the beer-ridden dance floor on the chair. Well, <laughs> you, I think you all can imagine what happened. It didn't work. And he went arse over tit. Oh, man. Man on his shoulder. Was rendered a cripple, but but in, to his defense, he got up and played it cool. I knew he, I knew he wasn't He kept cool. going. He kept going. I had no idea. No. Next yeah. day wasn't so pretty, but that's okay. None of us were real pretty the next day.
0: No, none of us were. But uh, Juzzy, best on ground for sure. Doesn't it do it awesome. very often.
1: When Juzzy decides that tonight is the night or today is yep. the day, it's yeah, it's a little ripper.
0: I want to get married again just to see yeah. him go off.
1: <laughs> As I said, it doesn't happen so often. I've seen it maybe once or twice at the after party at Roth, where he's had a, a ripper, sometime, uh, once or twice in Kona. Yeah. And then your wedding. Brilliant. So, you know, I've, I think I've been married this this November. It'll be 20 years. Or 29 what? 29 years. Yeah, crazy shit. Crazy shit. Makes me wow. feel very old, Steph. 20-odd years that we've been married. And um, well, we got married in 97, so...
0: Dude, I, so that's twenty two years. Oh,
1: oh shit! That's like me on this boat cruise. Oh, that's what I was trying to say on this boat <laughs> cruise. I was trying to tell everyone I'm turning forty seven this year. Oh no, forty eight this year. Yep. And then my friend looked at me and said, oh, "I thought you were the same age as me." <laughs> oh, she's turning forty nine. Oh my god. Like, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> so you're right. So I am turning forty nine this year, and I think it is our twenty. Yeah, right. Did we met. A... Jesus, I can't even remember when we got married. Ninety seven or ninety nine. It was one of those years. <laughs> <laughs> It's on my birthday. I remember that part, but um, it's a long time, and you know I can a- actually count on my on on one hand how many times Justin's been a, a disaster, whereas on my hands for me about me, you know, I need yep. about ten people, yeah, or, and then and some, the rest, yeah, far True. out.
0: Um, now this podcast, I didn't prepare anything because I was just looking forward to seeing where this went. But one thing that I do want to talk to you about, and we are going to talk about triathlon, again, obviously, because it's going to come up. Pro triathlete for a very long time, 25 years, give or take-ish. Ish, because yeah. you know
1: I'm not good with numbers. <laughs>
0: clearly, very clearly. <laughs> um, and now the pro athlete liaison for Challenge Family, which you've been doing for a few years now. Yes. Four, four or five years? Five years, five yeah. Five years?
1: Yeah, it's gone so quickly. Crazy.
0: You would have a lot of stories and a lot of goss, wouldn't you?
1: Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else? No,
0: I think that role is a, a lot harder than, and not just your role specifically, but a pro athlete liaison in any any company, any sport, absolutely. Um, can, you, can you give me a bit of an idea of what's involved and the kind of things that you have to deal with? Like there'd be some needy pros, there'd be some easy there, pros. <laughs> there are.
1: And, you know, at the end of the day, I was the one. The greatest thing is when I sat down with Challenge and they said, you know, I, I, I want to continue working for you. What can you do for... And they were like, what can you do for us? I got to write my own job role. So there's not oh. many companies out there where you can get to have... where you have that opportunity. Yeah. So I feel very fortunate that I was given that opportunity to start with. Um, when I was a pro, I was always renowned as being a little bit of a mother hen, even when I was racing, mm. that I, I wanted to look after my friends because they were my friends. I mean, yes, they were my competitors, but a lot of them were my friends off the field. And I could see mistakes they were making on and off the race course. So I always – and maybe it was the way that my mum brought me up, I don't know, but I've always been a bit of a mother hen to my fellow pros, uh, athletes, and so it was something that I was quite passionate about and it's something that I I knew that I could be good at Mm. when I decided to retire. So when I made up this role, because it was a made-up role, let's be honest, of all the different things I can do, it wasn't just pro liaison – um they liked the idea but then of course they said but Belinda you know you can't just look after the pro athletes. Yeah. You need to look after the races as well. You've got to look at things from both sides of the spectrum. You cannot just be saying okay, let's see what we can do for the pros.
2: Yeah, right. What can we
1: give the pros? You need to look at what can we give to the race directors?
2: Yeah.
1: How can you make their race better? And and it was interesting and and I think one thing that Justin and I because Justin was always my manager I never oh, really had a manager. Yeah, Jazzy was always my manager, and he was my coach for many years as well. And the thing, not, not a lot of people know that because Jazzy's not one to blow his own horn, but yeah. amazing. And the reason that Justin was so good at that because is because he was always very cool, calm, and collected. He he didn't run by emotion, which I do. <laughs> weird. Yes, weird. <laughs> um, and he was always able to keep perspective, which I sometimes <laughs> wasn't able to. Um, so he was amazing, and I think the the combination of us both worked beautifully and he was able to between the two of us we were able to see both sides okay it's it's great for me as a pro athlete to say well you want me at your race because I'm good yeah uh, and I can give you this this and this um but then having to look at the race director's point of view and say well hold on a second I'm going to give you all this yeah what am I actually going to get in return what am I physically going to get yeah. in return so I was able to see both sides so I think once I retired and I, and I decided to take on this job i had to look from both sides i couldn't just think about okay let's try and get as much as we can for these pro athletes i had to look at well what am i going to give the race directors in return yeah and it's that relationship that i was that i think that that's where i'm good yeah um so it's about looking after both equally yeah uh, and i i still do that to this day and and you'll still see me at races um, where of course I'm working for this for example this weekend at Challenge Melbourne where of course I'm working for Challenge Melbourne and I want to do as much as I can for the race team here but I also want to make sure that every single pro athlete that's signed up for this race gets the race experience that they that they are expecting Yeah, doesn't always work <laughs> uh, I'm lucky I think in the sport of triathlon we have really nice really lovely people genuinely nice people in the sport so I would say that maybe 1% are yeah. a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah, And you know what? We have that many pros now that if I just won't work with those people anymore. Yeah, okay. So I, I won't try and help them. And I always say, you know, you can burn your bridge with me. I'll give you an opportunity once or twice yeah. to make a mistake. Third time, you go into my little book. And yeah, I do right. have, a, <laughs> just, I have a little book. Um, okay, and maybe I don't write people's names down, but it's in my <laughs> it's in my memory and I have a memory like an elephant. Um, and if you're in that, then I just don't bother calling you. Next time a race director emails me or rings me and says, Belinda, we've got this budget. I'd love yeah. to get X, Y, and Z athletes. You're not the first one that I'm going to choose. Yeah. And I I do find that I end up, and I have to get out, I choose, sometimes I choose the same athletes because these athletes are wonderful to work with. Yeah. Wonderful to work with. Yeah. So often you'll find a lot of races that I'm involved with, same athletes because yeah. they're just great athletes that, understand what it actually means to be a professional athlete. It's not just turning up on race day and winning a race. Yeah. That is one tiny part of the puzzle. Yeah. It's what you do leading into the race to get age group athletes to sign up for that race. Because at the end of the day, that's why a race director wants you there. Not just so you can put on a great performance on race day. Yeah. But so that you can attract other athletes, age group paying athletes to the race. Yeah. What you do on race day, how you interact with age group athletes on race day. Yeah. Uh, if I ask you last minute, hey, can you just do this Q&A really quickly? If you're willing to, willing to say, yep, no problem. Yeah. You know, they're the athletes that we're looking for. because yeah, they, right. they. And it's not that we're asking anyone to go to go above and beyond. I know what it's like to race as a pro, so I'm yep. not going to ask you to do anything that's unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. But it's the ones that continually whinge or that sign up for races and then last minute pull out.
0: Yeah.
1: Or don't tell me. That they're going to pull out. Yeah, talk to you. Oh, yeah. and you know what? I'm not upset. I understand what it's like. Sometimes things just don't work out. Yeah. But if you sign up for a race, and then you don't tell me you're going to pull out, and I get to the pro briefing tomorrow, and uh, there are six, seven athletes that haven't turned up. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah. Because why haven't you emailed me? Why yeah, haven't exactly. you told me you can't race? I'm not going to be angry at you as yeah. long as you just say, Lip, linda Blinder circumstances have changed, I'm unable to race. It's as simple as that.
0: And that just comes down to common courtesy. Of course that's it not does. A, that's not from a rule That's not even it? a professional.
1: That's yeah. not even being a professional athlete. That's, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's being a decent human being.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> what, I'm interested to know, because obviously you've been in the sport for a very long time. Cause you're Too t- long because I'm old. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you Are trying to tell me I'm old? It, oh, God, never, I am old. I'll
0: never say that. I'm you're 49 n- this n- year, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but how have you seen it? Changed and I I guess I'm kind of alluding to the fact that there's social media now. Um, and there it's, I mean, I find it interesting talking to a lot of pros and um, say what a lot of sponsors want from their pros now. And it it went from all right, you've got to have this many followers and this much engagement to now it's like, well, now you literally have to sell this amount of product and blah, blah blah blah. How have you seen it change in terms of what you? as a pro-athlete liaison, mm. expect from an athlete compared to, say, 20 years ago, what was expected of you?
1: You've, you've Honestly, you've hit the nail on the head there because it is completely different yeah. to when I was a pro-athlete. I mean, for example, when I was a pro-athlete, I still remember Michael Lovato. I think I was on Facebook back when I was a pro-athlete. And I remember <laughs> Michael Lovato saying, Facebook's a thing of the past, Belinda. It's all about Twitter. You've got to be on Twitter. Yeah, I right. don't even think freaking Instagram existed yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah. And I was... I was reluctant to even join Instagram because I thought, shit, I'm already on two. I can't deal with a third. And I remember Luke McKenzie saying, you know, Linda, Insta's where it's all at, honey. You've you've got to get on. I'm like, no, stuff that. Two's enough. I'm I'm doing Facebook. I'm doing Twitter. I'm not doing another one. Yeah. Of course, I succumbed, as we all do. (laughs) Even Juzzy has. Yes, I know. And you know what? I really didn't think Justin was going to do it. I, yeah. I, I showed him I, I I look, this is what Instagram's all about. You know, you get to post really cool pictures, it's quite yeah. arty. Yeah. Nah, no, not interested. I'm not doing it. And he was adamant. Yeah. So yeah, to see me he's got two Instagram pages. I only have what? one. So you know, I mean, jeez. Yeah. Look out. But I was listening the other night. Pete Murray does the Iron Man rap. And yeah. I actually had a little listen the other night. And he had Luke Bell on and Luke Bell's been in the sport as long as I have, not as old as I am, but he's been in the sport as long (laughs) as I have. And he made a really interesting point on this podcast is it was saying, he was actually saying how nothing is a secret anymore. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone's freaking business. Yeah. Whether it's what you do on the weekend, what what training sessions, what power, what your heart rate was, there is nothing that's sacred anymore. So everything's out there for everyone to see. Yeah, And yeah, I, I I don't think I could have done it. Back when I was training with Sutter and we were stuck up the 17K up a mountain yeah. with very limited internet, well, at the end of the day, we just couldn't because it used to take you 45 minutes to get onto the bloody internet to start with so no one could be jacked, <laughs> which was a blessing in disguise, to be honest. Yeah. So we'd get home from a long day, finally get an hour to get on the internet, but it'd take you too long and you're just like, I stuffed this so you wouldn't bother. Yeah. And I think it saved a lot of us because we, there was definitely internet back. I mean, I'm not that old. There was definitely internet going on when I was racing, but it was such a pain in the ass to actually set it up when we were training in Lausanne in Switzerland that we just didn't bother. We were too tired.
0: And it was probably more of a communication tool as opposed to a. Exactly. That was just me trying to
1: send mum and dad an email saying everything's going well. I'm still alive. Yeah. Um, rather than me checking out what everyone was bloody doing that yeah, day or yeah. what training X, Y, and Z had done and did I do enough or yeah. should I go out there and do another, you know, run in the afternoon? And I think it's put a hell of a lot of pressure on the pros today. Yeah. And that's not even looking at what you were saying from a from a sponsor's perspective. Yeah. Where they're then expected to then get out there and, and, and do stuff again. Now for some personalities, it's a no brainer. Yeah. It's easy. I've got friends. That it is not an issue for them to get on Instagram, Instagram every day, take photos, and do that sort of stuff. It's yep. easy; it comes naturally. Yeah. Uh, but I have many other friends that it is a struggle. It is yeah. not easy to do. Yeah. Um, and you can see that they strain to do it, but they've got no choice. Yeah. And it's awkward.
0: Yeah. And
1: I, I and I feel really I feel half of them because I know when I was training full time, and I know this sounds ridiculous because think well, you've got a whole day, and all you're doing is swim, biking, and running. But if mm-hmm. you're doing it to your absolute best. And you're doing three, four sessions a day like we used to do and you're recovering in between and normally recovering in between for me would mean I'm going for sleep. Yeah. I don't have time to do this shit. Yeah, yeah. And so at the end, what are they doing it at night time? But then, you, you know, you're cutting into sleep and if you're not getting eight to nine hours sleep a night, then how do you get up and back it up the next day? Yeah. So I, I do, as I definitely do feel not sorry, but I, I know that it's it's a lot tougher these days for the pros. Yeah. Um, to make it. Apart from that fact that there's there's so many more pros.
0: Well, that was the other thing I was going to say. It's not the same sort of um, fishbowl. No, e- anymore. But then in
1: saying that, and I deal with this too, is <laughs> anyone can call themselves a pro athlete these days. It's an issue. And that really shits me. Yeah. Because I wish, <clears throat> and now I'm probably going to open up a little bit of can of, of, can of worms. And to that's me, that's resp- why
0: we keep plowing yeah. with wine.
1: <laughs> to me all of our jobs, so not just my job in pro liaison, but everyone's job that has to deal with pro athletes in triathlon, if the national federations around the world could work together Mm. to come up with a set of protocols that decided who was able to have a pro licence and who wasn't would make everyone's job so much easier because right now there are national federations that have protocols, there are national federations that have ridiculous protocols that aren't even worth writing down on paper. And then there are national federations that have no protocols that don't even deal with pro licences. You Uh basically ring your federation and say, I want to be a pro athlete. Okay, here's your letter. Yeah, okay. And it's ridiculous. So we have pro athletes that know that once they be, they get that pro license they get free entry into races. Yeah. And you know how expensive it is to race, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, to, to enter a 70.3 or an or an Ironman or even a challenge event, it's yeah. expensive. Yeah. So a lot of these guys have cottoned on and said, "Well, you know what? I'm just going to apply for a pro license and, and I'll one race pro." Fee. Yeah, yeah, one fee, one off, and yeah. then bang. So I wish that all the national federations around the world would come up with a set of protocols that could work so that decided who could be who was classified as pro status yeah. and who wasn't yeah and then even if we could have like in the surfing where they have a feeder so you have your age group racing you have a feeder so it's like a uh, step yes. below
0: pro yep. and yep.
1: then you have your pro so almost
0: like the open
1: yes open category yep. which i know yep. many races we do have yep. that yeah and there could still be prize money yeah um but you couldn't actually be a prof- hold a professional license and race in the professional race category until you were a legitimately yeah. a, leg- a legitimately yeah. solid pro.
0: Yeah. So then, do you think that would sit under the like? Because the issue that we have is, would it go under the ITU banner, which isn't across challenge and Ironman no. as well as short like. But in
1: saying that, even with the WT WTC. Yep. And challenge. We still go by the same thing that you must have a pro license from your federation, right? So even if you go for a for a Ironman pro license, yeah. they still need to see a pro license from your federation.
0: But who oversees all of the federations?
1: Well, for example, TA, that's still ITU, yeah.
0: So, so yeah, it should so be. We'll be under the ITU, so, yeah. And yeah,
1: I, I still so, think the ITU are in charge here. Yeah. To me, I still I still look at the ITU as being the, the governing body, right. Um, yeah. And then under the ITU are the all the national federations. Yeah. And I look, I'm I'm simplifying things. I know it's not that easy. For example, yeah. if you've got the national federation in India,
2: yeah,
1: what if they if they use the, the exact same protocols that Triathlon Australia uses, well, you'll have no pro like pro yeah. people yeah. in India at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So I understand that we need a little bit of give and take here. Yeah. But honestly, as it is right now, there are some. I have people asking for pro memberships all the time that really, I, I, I have to say, why? Yeah. What do yeah. you hope to achieve? Yeah. Because you're not going to get anywhere. We have, in, in Challenge Family, we have the pro prize money ranking. Yeah. So after every weekend, um, Torsten Rad yeah. from um, Tri-Rating and I go through all the races that weekend and, and when you
0: say all the races, obviously you work for Challenge, but you're looking at all, all the races, races. All races that, race. have, that
1: have a decent prize purse. Yeah. So the WTS races, um, all Ironman 70.3 and Ironman races yeah. and Challenge events. And we have a pro, primers, pro prize money ranking. So anyone that has made prize money that can, goes towards the ranking. yeah. And you would be mortified if you saw the 200th pro in the world yeah. at the beginning of the year, you know may have made fifteen hundred dollars yeah so you know it, it's it just it what are these what are these other people? To be pro to me, if you're a professional athlete, you are making a living from the sport. yeah, so that's how I always see a professional athlete. So when I decided to turn pro,
2: yeah,
1: uh, I was working full time as a teacher, and the only reason that I decided to go pro was when I was making enough money that I knew that Justin and I, with him working full-time and me as a professional athlete, could make enough money to sustain our lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, once I was making enough money through sponsors and, and prize money, Justin then went full-time too and we were able to do that. Yeah. But there's no possible way, when I look at this pro prize money ranking, Yeah. that from about the 300th pro onwards, there's no way in hell that they are making yeah. a living from this sport. Yeah. So how do you call yourself a pro athlete? Yeah. So I, that's where the feeder the feeder, feeder level. Exactly. I'm not saying get rid of yeah. them. Bad luck you can't get you don't get yeah. to do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I mean, this is where our future lies. Yeah. But I just wish we could do it a little bit more like surfing where we have our professional ranks, then a feeder system. Yeah. And then our age groupers who just love to do it because it's it's a great sport and it's a great lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. Look, I think we are gonna solve all of triathlon issues and life issues uh, at this dinner table tonight. We're going to take another really quick pause because we've got we to had set. Dessert? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Chef Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're back from what poached nashi pear nashy with pear. deliciousness dribbled on—not drizzled, drizzled, drizzled. Don't want to be drooling. I your drizzled drinkers. it
1: right into my mouth. That's what I did. It was delicious. <laughs>
0: okay, we've spent plenty of time talking about triathlon and drinking. Let's wind the clock a little bit further back.
1: Oh God! Let's, I wonder you know my memory is not like it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is before
0: you deadened it with copious uh, amounts of red wine. Red wine. Hopefully, mm. so hopefully it's laying dormant in there somewhere. Before you were a pro triathlete, you're working full time. You're a teacher. Yes. How much of what you learnt as a teacher do you take into what you do today?
1: You know, I've never really looked at it like that, but back in the day when, when all, like back, right back in the day with all of us, a lot of athletes didn't just decide they were going to be pro athletes. Yeah. Everyone had a job. Everyone went to university or, or worked full-time and then took up triathlon, realised they were pretty good at it, worked part-time, raced part-time. Yeah. Uh, until you get to, a, get to a point like I did where you thought, you know what, I think I'm, I'm good enough now to go full-time. And I think it was a blessing in disguise for me because I worked 12 years as a full-time teacher. Twelve? Twelve years. So, yep, six years long. as a phys ed teacher in primary school, then six years as a phys ed teacher in high school.
0: Yeah. What, what did you prefer, primary school or high school?
1: Well, primary school was face-to-face with the kids, so I loved that. Yeah. Because you can be the worst teacher on earth, but as far as primary kids are concerned, as a sports (laughs) teacher, you're the best best teacher on earth. Coolest teacher ever. Yep. Uh, And when I worked in high school, I actually, as a phys ed teacher, I worked at distance education at Willamaloo in Sydney. So I was not face-to-face. So that was a pretty good job. Right. Because I was a teacher without being face-to-face with the the kids. (laughs) That sounds awful, doesn't it? I was actually, no, I actually loved that job because I – I had such a vast variety of students to work with. Yeah. Um, distance ed in Sydney. I could be teaching um, elite sports kids that had been taken out of school because they were brilliant. Yeah. Um, ballerinas, up-and-coming ballerinas. Kids that were in juvie. Wow. Young mothers. Yeah. Uh, also kids that were on the set of Home and Away. Oh, jeez. So geez. amazing variety of children and I loved all of them. Yeah. So you know they're all brilliant in their own way. Yeah. Uh, even the kids in juvie, I uh, yeah. used to have the greatest time going out and visiting those those guys and girls. Um, so I loved that job. So that was that was never boring. It was yeah. a really interesting job.
0: Can can you sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Can you pinpoint one or two of those kids who um, were kind of a life changer for you? Like did did like that really stick into your mind?
1: Definitely. There was one young ballerina, uh, amazing young girl, and I actually thought she was – no, not thought. I knew she was more, more intelligent than I was. <laughs> so <laughs> I taught her throughout year 10, year 11 and year 12. Yeah. Um, and she was an up-and-coming ballerina that was going to get a scholarship overseas. And I'd never met a more organised and mature, sensible young girl in all my life but still, still loving life so still – getting the most out of herself, getting the most out of her every day. But so organised. Yeah. And nothing was too much for her. So amazing. And and yep. she was given the support to, to to do what she needed to do and, and it was wonderful. But then on the other end, I used to love going out to the um, juvenile detention centres. Yeah. We used to have one out along Parramatta Road and then I'd also visit one up on the Central Coast and you know i'd park the car at the central It was a long drive up there i'd park the car and i'd sit in the car for five minutes because it it was quite daunting you know i was younger back then i was only in my uh late 20s
2: yeah
1: and you know these kids were in jail some of them were in jail for some pretty bloody serious things even though they were young and my first few visits out there i was i was mortified like petrified yeah didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I think you won't believe this. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> One of my first visits out there, I went out with a, with another teacher, young guy, and we were teaching uh, health and and phys ed. And I had to teach the menstrual cycle. I kid you not. So I had wow. to teach the menstrual cycle to a bunch of 15 and 16 year old kids that were in juvenile detention center. I won't go into details, but I can tell you now it was one of the best days of my life. Oh, really? Hilarious. Wow. Someone at Tommy I said, well, where do I freaking start? Where do I start? Yeah. And they said, you know what? Ask them, because obviously we had to talk about the vagina. Yeah. Ask them, say, okay, we had a picture up on the board. This is the vagina. I want you to tell me every name you know for the vagina. Anyway, we got every name oh. known. Man and it, what it did was everyone lightened up. Everyone yep. thought it was funny. We all had a good laugh. Yeah. They came up with some names for the vagina they'd never even heard of, <laughs> and honestly, yeah. it was from there on, it was just great. I got their attention, yeah, and we had a great class, and it was yeah. a success. And it was to the point where we were high fiving. Here were a bunch of kids, 15, 16, but in, in juvie for, for robbery, and some of yeah. them in juvie for arm robbery. Yeah, and here we are talking about the bloody menstrual cycle,
2: yeah, right. and they loved
1: it How so. Crazy as it sounds it was one of the most rewarding days of my life and we yeah. we drove the hour and a half back home to Williamaloo. Yeah. And we were on a we were on a high. Yeah. So ridiculous I know and people were probably thinking well this is how did this help the kids in the long run but it didn't matter for that day and for that moment. Yeah. These kids forgot while they were in jail they yep. forgot how shitty their lives were and the, and the cards they'd been dealt. Yeah. And we all just we were on the same level. Yeah, right. Laughing at the same stuff and 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 it was a great class, so yeah, funny the things you remember i mean i I, I wow. can't remember half the things I used to do in it when I was it seems like a whole new whole life ago, yeah, but just these one or two different things stand out and 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 my little ballerina friend, yeah, chalk and cheese, yeah, um, but still both as important as the other,
0: yeah. So, Do you know what happened to your ballerina friend? Like, yeah, she got a
1: scholarship to go uh, and dance in the States. Yeah. And I'm assuming she's probably still dancing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but she's, um, yeah, she was amazing. and That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: Wow. I did not know. I know a lot about you. I didn't know you. I actually taught like.
1: Whippet. So Whippet from Bondi Rescue. Oh. Yes. I taught him. He was, on, most a lot of people don't realise that before he was on Bondi Rescue, he was actually on Home and Away.
0: I remember him on Home and Away. And he yeah. was a
1: darling. I used to love going and teaching him. So I used to go to his house Yeah, um, when I'd play a school. Because we back in the day when he was doing Home and Away, he was actually an exceptional surfer. So it was, it was, mm. it was whether he was going to become a professional surfer or stay on Home and Away. Yeah. He was good at both. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he stayed on Home and Away in the end. And then, of course, now he's on Bondo Rescue. But yeah. beautiful family and a beautiful young boy yeah right yeah interesting job but going back to that i think working and being and having responsibilities and having to be organized and having places to be at certain times absolutely that helped me as a pro athlete and i think it's the biggest problem with a lot of pro athletes today they leave school decide they're going to be a pro athlete and that's it so they have no idea of time management they have no idea of responsibility Um, and a lot of my friends, young friends that I know have come up to me and said, I'm really thinking of becoming full time. I said, that's great. I mean, I would never begrudge anyone from following their dreams, but I sit them down and I say, just so you know, now when you swim, bike, run, it's for fun. Yeah. It's because you love doing it. If you get up one morning and it's like it does here in Melbourne so often, and it's pouring rain and it's freaking one degree. (laughs) Yeah. You know what you get to say? You get to say, well, I'm not going outside today. Yeah. When you become a full time athlete and it becomes your profession, that's the same thing as you saying, Well, I'm just not turning up to work today. Yeah. I'm just going to stay in bed. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't you do can't. that, would you? You can't. So, as a pro athlete, it's a completely different mindset. I'm not saying that when you become a pro athlete, you don't love it anymore. Of course, you yeah. still love it. Yeah. You almost have to love it even more because when you have those shitty days, or Something's you just wake keep up. You going, yeah. Absolutely. Or you just wake up and, and, and feel, You know what? I don't feel for it today. Well, bad luck. Yeah. You know, you've got to get out there and you've got to do it. Yeah. Every day, every week, every month for the entire year. Yeah. And for some people that's a no brainer, it's easy. Um for others it's difficult. Yeah. So, you need to really say is this where I want to go and is this what I want to do and and as I say, always try it. Even with my old coach Sato, he used to he used to always have, he had this uncanny knack of knowing what athletes would make it full-time and what athletes he knew still needed to have routine in their lives. So he'd say, you know what, you can be a pro-athlete, but I want you to still work three days a week. Yeah, right. Because he knew that they needed that routine and they yeah. needed that responsibility Yeah, that, that would flow through to them being an athlete as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. So interesting. And everyone's, like you said, everyone's so different. Completely Not, different, yeah. 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 Um, I do think that uh, being a pro-triathlete, um, can appear sometimes to age groupers as a bit of a pipe dream. Like it's the,
1: it's amazing. It's It's the best job ever. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And And look, it is a great
1: job. I mean, I, I don't regret one second. Um, but I knew towards the end when it was time for me to retire and I milked it as we all (laughs) know. I was going to say, quite a few years. And the reason I did milk it for so many years is because I knew how bloody good it was because I knew it was a great lifestyle. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, but I also knew deep down that time was, it was close to the end because yep. I didn't have the same attitude that I had when I was a successful pro athlete. Yeah,
2: right. That
1: I was picking and choosing races – not because they're important races for me to, to do well at, but because I like the location. Oh, let's yeah. go to Vietnam because <laughs> I haven't been to Vietnam yet and I'd like to visit that country. Yep. And I'm not saying that's wrong because everyone gets to that stage in their career um, and you can go through it, but I think you need to be realistic and you need to be true to yourself. Right. And Jussie and I knew that it was I was done. I was getting to races yep. and I was so complacent. I'd get yep. to a race, I'd have a good swim, I'd have a great bike ride and be up there and then I'd get to the run I'd be like, you know what? I really don't care where I come anymore. And I was never like that. I was like, you know, you fight for a podium no matter what. And I'd get to third and then someone else would overtake me and I'd be in fourth and I'd be like, you know, top five's good enough today or top eight's good enough today. So I'd settle. And I always said to Justin, as soon as I settle in a race, then it's time to walk away. Yeah, okay. So I got to that stage and I said, you know what, I'm doing it more and more at races. I'm just happy to just settle and, and whatever it is it is, I'm not fighting for the for the win or for the podium anymore. And so he said, Okay, well let's just have the let's have the Johnny Farnham year and just that went travel around for three around, years. Went for yep. three years um, and just travel to the races that mean something to you. Yeah. That you have a rapport with the people, with the with the country, and um, that's what we did. Yeah. So and I've got a few friends that are at that stage now. And I yeah. love it. I like that they're doing it, and I think I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as they're true to themselves and they know why they're doing it. Totally. But for the for the pros that are there, for the to, to seriously be pros, yeah. Then, yeah, it's about going to the races that are going to make you a better athlete. Yeah, Not absolutely. necessarily the countries that you want to <laughs> visit and all the nice hotels. Oh, we'll go to that one because they put you up at the Hyatt or, yeah. <laughs> or the Shangri-La. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, I'm only saying this because I did do that at my last year, which you're allowed to do when you've been in the sport as long as I have. Exactly.
0: Well, yeah, you've been in the sport for a long time. You be you. Yes, You do exactly. what you want to do. What, what, what did you want to be? When you were young. You know, I I don't even know.
1: I mean, I did – I was all – I mean, it was obvious I was going to do something. Sport. Because I think I popped out of the womb being the most competitive person on this earth. Yeah. Uh, My sister, who's two years younger, far more naturally talented. far more intelligent. So she was the brighter girl. She was the more – the the one that got swimming a lot earlier than I was when we used to race. I was two years older, but she used to beat me. Um, Not a competitive bone in her body. Just did not give a – Isn't that interesting? Did not give a shit. Yeah. Um, like doing stuff, but just wasn't interested in competing. Still yeah. isn't to this day. Yeah. And we do F45 together now. And some of the aspects in F45, you can be competitive against others. Yeah. Not interested. Does not interest her whatsoever. Um, whereas me, I'd never use it, lose it, never. You know, <laughs> if, if I have to get from A to B in the quickest time possible, then that's what I need to do. Yeah. I'm, I've always been like that. It's not going to change. Yeah. So I knew I was always, always going to do something in sport. Yeah. Um, from when I was 10 to about 18, I was a competitive gymnast. So yep. I, I got to level seven in gymnastics, and, which is reasonable. Okay, that means Not, nothing. To no, me. well that, uh, there's level 10 in gymnastics right. and after that, then you can start looking at going to international events. Right. Um Henry, you're destroying that ball. <laughs> what? I'm just sitting looking at Henry destroying a, a tennis ball. But that's Okay. Yeah, um, that's
0: because someone gave that to him as a joke. It used to be bright pink, and he's ripped the outside out of it because I told him that pink's bad. Pink's no good. Yeah, and he doesn't like now. He's just destroying the whole board. He said, "We yeah. don't
1: need to have this ball anymore." Nah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um,
0: Level seven gymnast. So I
1: did think I was. A, I knew I was never going to be a, a world beater in gymnastics. I yeah. love gymnastics, but I was good at it, but not brilliant. Um, but when I did gymnastics, of course, I also did dance because yeah. it goes hand in hand. So I used to love watching all the um, <laughs> all the music music videos. Yeah, and I had aspirations of one day being a, a, a dancer in in a music video because I thought that was damn cool. <laughs> so I, love I did the school spectacular. I don't know if anyone knows what that is in uh, New South Wales. School spectacular, and I did lots of Rocker Steadfords. Oh uh,
0: yep yeah
1: so I thought I was pretty good
0: so uh, dancing dancing front of dancing stage. but because
1: yep. I was a gymnast you know they used to get me to do a lot of tumbling out there Brilliant. as well so yep. you know ran off backflips back somersaults and then do some dance moves so I could do it all so yeah, definitely right. back in the day I was pretty good yeah okay yeah, yeah.
0: is that where the Vag dance originated <sighs> could
1: have been it could be that could have <laughs> been some because obviously once I finished school I uh, started university those dreams disintegrated took graded. a back seat yeah, 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 uh, and then I took up water polo, athletics. Water polo? Water polo, athletics. I did everything at uni. I, so I went to Sydney University, got into water polo. I needed to do something. Yeah. Did water polo, joined the athletics club, played touch footy. Yeah. So I did a few things. Um, and I
0: find water polo fascinating.
1: I love it. It's great. Be t- it's hard. It's a
0: tough sport. Hard.
1: Way too hard for me. I mean, I'm a hard ass and I think I'm pretty ruthless when I race. Yeah. It wasn't hard enough for that. Because.
0: You know. Okay, how much is how much kicking is going Shocking. on underneath? Shocking. And how do the, the the refs just can't
1: see? No, they can't see shit. So you can get away with what you want. It's unbelievable. And I tell you what, a good world polo player, they are stealth faced yeah, on the top. Yeah, right. You don't even think they're moving underneath. Yeah, okay. Let alone you're getting a right kick to the groin that yeah. you have no idea, and you look at this girl's face; it doesn't even look like anything's moving down below. Unbelievable. Wow. So,
0: so in water polo, do you have positions like, say, yep, netball, yeah, basketball, yeah, whatever? yeah, definitely. So it's a similar kind of thing. Mm-hmm, so someone's a striker, someone... Yep. Yeah, right. So very what was your position in the... <laughs> defender. In the, right, okay.
1: Yeah. So, so you're going... I yeah, wasn't in an attacking position, but... Yeah, right. But then when I played netball, I was a defender too, so...
0: Ah, I was gold. Yeah,
1: goal defence. defence for me, my friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah a little bit shorter. Yeah, a little bit shorter. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I wasn't, didn't really have the height for goal defence. <laughs> <laughs> And yep. then I love center, but I never had the speed for it. So, oh really? Yeah, right. But um, so dancing was something I really wanted to do. I, I yep. obviously wasn't good enough, so that went on the back burner. But then, yeah, years later, and we were trying to remember before when I first started that. But I obviously, when I started the veg dance, I was very drunk. Let's get that straight. <laughs> but it's become a little bit of a an institution around the world. Absolutely if you ask yes. many of the pro female athletes around the world, yep. They know. They know, and have actually participated in the Vag Dance.
0: You get pulled into the Vag Dance circle, and you have to participate. I tell you,
1: and I, I tell you, one of my favourite students at the Vag Dance, and she's about to to, to have give birth. Destroy her Vag. Yeah, she's about to destroy her Vag. <laughs> is uh, Michelle Vesterby. and I think I was actually sober that night. That was the bad thing when Michelle came up to me and started uh, performing the Vag Dance in front of my face, but uh, she was amazing at it. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't done it for many years because I've missed Kona the last two years. Haven't been there, mm. so I have not had the opportunity to bring it back out. Uh, but this boat cruise that I was on last Sunday, I keep bringing this boat cruise back up. <laughs> My sister must have spilled the beans to want someone on the boat who decided that we needed to have a little, a little uh, gathering of right. the badge Dance, and I, I got it, it. felt good to get it out again. I hadn't done it for quite some time.
0: It's good. <laughs> You did it at my wedding. Yes. My grandmother saw it. She's never been the same again. Uh, <laughs> actually, I think it was done well after she went to bed. Thank so God I think for we're that. safe. How embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny. But... So, fair to say, you're a pretty outgoing, natured kind of person.
1: Who, who do oh, yes. you take
0: after more? Mum or dad?
1: Oh, it's so funny. Growing up, I was always much closer to my dad. And I used to fight with my mum. So growing up as a, from a teenager really? all the way to 30, honestly, my mum and I used to clash heads because I know now, as a more mature person, I'm way closer to my mum. Yeah, right. And, and it's funny because Justin looks at me and just goes, oh, my God, you are just you and your mother. I'm doomed. Yep. I'm doomed. Yeah. I'm doomed. <laughs> um, my mum is very opinionated. She's always right. Yeah. She's the most competitive bloody woman I've ever met. But so, wouldn't admit it? No, yeah. God no. No, yeah. no, it's just that she's always right. Yeah. She doesn't realise how competitive <laughs> she is. Um whereas my dad is more like my sister. She he's he's an amazing athlete. He's he's insanely intelligent, but yeah. you wouldn't know about it because he never talks about it. Yeah. Um, brilliant in everything he did. Uh, when he went to uni, even at subjects he wasn't even meant to be good at. Yeah. Like English. Yeah. Amazing. Um but just doesn't toot his own horn. Great sportsman. Yeah, never really. Made. And he was the one that got me into long distance running in the first place. I, yeah, right. I ran the city to surf thanks to dad back in the day. Yeah. Um. So my sister's way more like my dad, and I'm I'm the splitting I'm the splitting personality of my mum. Yeah, which right. Scares me just a little bit. She's alright though.
0: The old boot. But you guys are so close now. We are. Even though you obviously used to butt heads. No, yeah. You know, Our whole stuff. family's
1: it all. It almost scares Justin because obviously Justin. His his mum and dad split when he was very young, um, and his mum died when he was quite young. Yeah, and he still, you know, he still sees his dad. Yeah. Um, but Jazzy's alone. He's an only child. His his dad did have two kids to another wife, but Jazzy still looks at himself as being an only child. Yeah. Um, and so he, when he first joined our family, he was, he was having heart palpitations it, because we're too close. Everyone yeah. knows everyone's business. For example, my Facebook account. My mum and dad don't even have their own account. They just log into mine. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: swear to God. Do you know what your mum does say to me, oh, Frankie, yep. is, I saw her doing this the other yes, day. On I I yes. don't think we're friends on Facebook. No, they don't. Yeah. Right. So when I
1: first did that, they, they, I gave them the login and I said, you can, you can, you can look, but don't write anything. Yeah. And of oh course, they didn't understand how Facebook worked. Yeah. So one day I was over in, so I was at, uh, I think, a Honu 70.3 over in, in Kona. I was yeah. racing and I'd won the race. So they were excited. Oh so they got on. Oh, God. Which was me getting on. Yep. Belinda, what an amazing race you've had. You're awesome. That's fantastic. And I'm like, you know, it, you've made it look like I've just written that to myself, you idiots. Oh, man. And so I told them, I told them I'd set them up on their own Facebook account. They said, no, no, but we want all your friends. Oh my God, that's so they just so they, I said, that's well, that's fine, cute. but from this day onwards, you 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 can look, but you can't touch.
0: I can't be so, seen to be talking about myself. No, like in it's not a good person. look.
1: No, it's not a good look.
0: Oh, so they've been wow. pretty good
1: since, and they you know that's quite savvy, and so they understand that now. So wow,
0: but they oh, still get on. Yeah, there's no way I would let my parents <laughs> into my Facebook login. <laughs>
1: wow. Yeah, there was a few moments, you know, when obviously when private messages, Facebook yeah. private messages, and I'd look and I'd think, I swear to God I haven't read that, <laughs> but it looks like I've read it. So I said, okay. So I went, and that was the only second lesson I had to give. Okay, from here on in, no, no. looking at these messages. Yeah, they don't right. involve you, just the Facebook page. <laughs> and they've been they're, they're fantastic. I mean, we're so close. It's not yeah. funny. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean,
0: how often would you say you'd catch up with them? Because, I mean, obviously they live oh, pretty be close to you. I, but... I
1: rang my mum yesterday and then, of course, when I got here today, I've only flown from Noosa to, to Melbourne, but I still had yeah. to ring her until I was okay and everything was good.
0: You are outside yes, of so. the Noosa bubble. This they is true. Sure that's that right. That's, okay.
1: yeah, that's right. Then I'm still breathing. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, it's mum's birthday on Monday, so I, I fly back to Noosa on Monday and I get, get into Sunshine Coast Airport about 5 o'clock. So dad's coming to pick me up because yeah. he's a good man and go straight to their place. And my sister's putting on a big birthday dinner. So nice. it'll be good fun.
0: And and you and your sister are quite close as well.
1: Yeah. Very. But you know what? Again, oh, we went through some shocking times because we were so, so different. Yeah. Um, Growing up, as I said, there's only two years difference between us. My sister went to Sydney Girls High School, which is a selective uh, public school. Yeah. And you've got to sit in an entrance exam to get in. She got in straight away. I went to Ramek Girls High School, which was very close, but I wasn't bright enough to get into Sydney Girls. Right. Um, Everything came easy for her. Everything was difficult for me. I mean, I was lucky that I I had great work ethic, so not just in sport but also in school. Yeah. Um, And at the end of the day, she got the same results as I did in high school Yeah, with no work and okay. jigging a lot of school because yeah. she hung out with a lot of girls that were also the same as her, super intelligent, that just were lazy. Right. Um, whereas I would never dream of, of taking a day off school. I mean, who does that? Yeah. Um, and so we used to clash heads there because I hated the fact that she could. everything came so naturally to her, whereas for, for myself I had to work for everything. Yeah. And then when we both went to university, I went to Sydney University, she was in Wollongong University. And she was with a crowd of of people that used to smoke a lot of marijuana used to go out everything I was adamantly against you yeah. know i didn't even i didn't do drugs yeah. ever yeah um and i just i was always healthy and watching what went into my into my body and so again, we just clashed. I had nothing I felt like I had nothing in common with her and that she wasn't even my sister. Yeah. And my mum and I think that's why my mum and I clashed a lot too because she used to try and say, look, see things from her point of view and always sticking up for her and I'm like, how can you stick up for the for her? You know? It's... Yeah. So we've we've been through the good, the bad and the ugly, but to come through the other end and now of course my sister lives in Noosa with her boyfriend, who I adore to pieces, yeah. Michael. They've been going out for now for 10, 12 years. Yeah. And my sister comes to F45 every day with me. Yeah. She's amazing. And I'm not saying because she's completely changed her life and because she doesn't do drugs. I don't care. It's, it's just we seem to have a lot more in common now, yeah. maybe because I've matured too and, and realised that it's not just about my way.
0: Yeah. Well, both There's in... more
1: ways to live a life. Yeah. Um, but now she's my absolute best friend in the world.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Without a doubt. Yeah. I
1: tell her everything. There's nothing, not not one thing that I wouldn't keep from Danielle.
0: Yeah, right. She's,
1: and she's the same with me. Yeah. And we check in every day with each other. Oh, every day. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, she's a good chick. That's so nice. She's good value. Knows her wine. Does know her wine. It's <laughs> another reason I'm, I'm still good friends <laughs> with her. <laughs> does she still work at Dan Murphy's? She does. She still yes, works at Dan right. Murphy's. Still gets all the good deals. Yeah.
0: But – What's her knowledge about wine? Like, what does that come from? Like, so she?
1: Well, mum and dad have always been in the in the wine industry ever since uh, we lived. Oh, yeah, in Wollongong. I didn't think I knew that. Mum and dad bought a place called Guy Mier Cellars, which is quite a famous uh, liquor shop just out of Cronulla. Oh. When were back when we used to live in Wollongong? So we're talking about back when I was thirteen years of age. Yeah, right. Uh, and from that, they then bought Palm Beach Cellars up in Palm Beach yeah. in Sydney. So they've been in the wine industry for a long time. And so my sister was always learning with them, took a real interest in it. I just like drinking it. So I'd yep. say, you pick it, I'll drink it
2: yep. um,
1: from a young age. And yeah, when mum and dad finally got out of the industry, my sister stayed in there and she's just always loved it. And she's done a few courses. Um, yep. uh, look, I, I, don't, I don't know if you'd, how knowledgeable she is in that respect, but she's been in the industry for a long time. She knows what she likes. Yep. I trust her. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's great having like mum and dad have also got a great knowledge when it comes to wines. But then also talking to people like Tio, Tim O'Donnell.
2: Yeah.
1: Amazing. So having this all these different people that have all got a different, um, not different opinions but different perspectives, yeah. it's great to have them all. I love having them all over to dinner together. So oh, just yeah. before Marinda and Tio went back to Boulder, we had my mum and dad and my sister and her boyfriend and, and Rini and Tio for dinner and it was yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah. And it was
1: I don't think we talked about triathlon at all, to be honest. Um, talked a lot about wine that night, though. I bet. Drank a lot of wine that night. I've heard. Yes, but good fun. Yeah. Good fun.
0: So your parents were in the wine industry. Yes. But your mum was a teacher. She
1: was. So that, this is when she'd retired from teaching. So she'd been right. teaching uh, all the way through till I was about 13, 14. Dad bought the liquor shop with good friends of theirs. Ah. Um, and so mum still taught while they, they owned that shop. Yeah. Uh, mum used to work some weekends, but... Dad would work during the week. Uh, Loved it. And then when they sold, that's when we moved to Sydney. So when I was was going into year nine and my sister was going into year seven.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, So that's when she got into Sydney Girls. We moved to Sydney and that's when mum and dad then actually moved away from us. So we bought a place in Sydney in in eastern suburbs. Yeah. And then mum and dad bought the the liquor shop up at Palm Beach Cellars and they actually moved out from us. So we stayed. Oh, This was a lot later. So I was – this is – End of school, beginning of of university.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But still, you've been living away from your parents from quite a young age. Well,
1: yes. Well, they lived away from us. Yeah. <laughs> How many you want to put it? They still paid for our accommodation, but they they just moved out from us. They
0: ran away from. But you. they used to
1: come back quite regularly. So yeah, yeah it worked. It worked really well, actually. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Oh man. Yeah.
0: Um, we're gonna have to wrap th- things up because these usually go for about an hour, and if I start another conversation, it's going oh god, gonna I know, go and we've, and we've got so
1: many things to talk about. I could.
0: Oh. You know what though. We're gonna come back and we're gonna do another. I know. I don't I know, think one episode's know, enough no, for Glinda Granger. No. Um, but it's ten to ten, and I can't last very late these no, that's days. Right.
1: And yeah. I've got, and I'm actually working this weekend, so I need to. This is work. It is work. It is work. Yeah. Yeah. Sort
0: of. <laughs> it's the
1: good part of my work.
0: It's the best part of my work. That's for sure.
1: Actually, to- you know what? Tomorrow I love it too. Tomorrow I've got the pro briefing. Yeah, and then the meet the pros. I mean, it's a good day. Yeah, I do like working with pro athletes, pro triathletes. Are you, are you
0: sounds like you're convincing yourself. No, I promise you. Know. <laughs> I look I, know. At, I
1: think we've got we've got 19 pro men and 10 pro women racing this Sunday, which is yeah. a good number for the for this race. And yeah. I can legitimately say they're all amazing. Like Excellent. really, they're all great people to work with. They understand their responsibilities. Um, they'll all be where they need to be at the right times. So. Yeah.
0: Good people. So who is your favourite athlete and your least favourite athlete oh, to work with? I'm oh, joking. No, no. But oh, no, 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 high no high but this
1: funny thing is, you can ask me that because I still to this day, my favourite athlete and the reason she's my favourite athlete is because she taught me more than any other athlete is Heather Furr. Ah, Never changed. Whenever I've been, yeah. a, and of course I've been asked this question a million times throughout yeah. my career. Um, but even now that I've changed positions and, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence, it, still when I get asked this question to, to this yeah. day, Heather Fur.
0: Yeah, right. What's the one, what, I know she taught you a lot, but what's the one thing that sticks in your mind that you learned from her?
1: She never changed. She was always the exact same person that you met from the, from the very first time I met her. She never changed once. Not, right. not her personality, not even when she was having shitty, I mean, every pro athlete's have shitty times, shitty days, shitty races. Yeah. Even when she was at a very, very lowest or a very, very highest, she was always the same person right. with the same outlook on life. Um, okay. And just that constant, she's just an amazing person and selfless. So incredibly selfless at all times. So, yeah, I've got nothing but amazing memories from her and her husband, Rock. Awesome.
0: That's a a really nice trait, a really nice thing to say about someone. Yeah,
1: she's a a good egg, that one, as I like to say. So who's your
0: least (laughs) favourite?
1: No. Do you know what? There's no one that I – I will honestly say there's no one that I would say is in a black book right now. I have I have athletes that, you know, they're pushing the boundaries, right. but there's no one that I would say, you know what, you are so blacklisted, I'm not even gonna look at you. Yeah. So we're lucky in our sport that there's no one like that. So yep. And that's the honest truth. I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be diplomatic now. It's actually the truth. There's definitely athletes I want to give a good kick up the ass to several times, <laughs> but that's about it.
0: Yep. Blinda, as always, great chatting. Thank you. We're going to press stop and then yes. she's going to tell me who her least favorite is. <laughs> <athlete.
1: laughs> I'm joking. There could be two or three.
0: <laughs> uh, can we do this again?
1: Mm. Anytime, as long as Brett cooks yep. and we have copious amounts of red wine flowing, I'm fine. Brilliant. It's all good. <laughs> Thank you very Thank much. You, darling. See you, Thank
0: dude. You.